So tonight, real quick, just like 10 minutes, because we're going to go outside and we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, we got some games that are going to be crazy. Uh, and then we're going to figure out a way to get warm after that. Um, we won't, you won't get too wet. Or will you? Um, so... Uh, I wanted to, we're going to start a series next week called What is the Point? Everybody say, what is the point? And so I'm going to give you a sneak peek this week. Oh my goodness. Bars. Sneak peek this week uh, about what it's about. It's a, it's, a, it's a series on parables, on stories. Jesus oftentimes preached in stories. If you know me, I like to tell stories. Anybody heard an, a, a good story from me? Don't raise your hand. Okay, actually, go ahead. Because... There's a lot of good ones. Anybody heard a bad story from me? Don't raise your hand. Come on, guys. They're all good. Uh, but so Jesus, Jesus tells stories. So I like to, I'm not, I'm not Jesus, but in this way I might like be like him. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't know. I'm just, everyone's like, is that heresy? No, we're trying to be like Jesus every day, right? So I'm going to tell more stories. And we're going to create a storytelling culture in our youth group where if something crazy cool happens to us, we're going to tell the story, right? It's going to be awesome. So a couple stories real quick from Jesus, and we're going to see what it talks about. There's the first one, the parable of the lost sheep. Anybody ever heard of the lost sheep? So moral of the story, there's 100 sheep. I had to do that quick math in my head. Yeah, anybody seen those Instagram videos? Like, if you're in 99th place and someone passes you, what place are you in now? I don't know. It's dumb. Okay, so here's the thing. There's a hundred sheep, one runs away. And Jesus is telling um, the Pharisees here that wouldn't, wouldn't a shepherd go and chase after the one and bring him back? And you're like, and we're thinking to ourselves, well, there's a there's hundred total and there's just one going away. Wouldn't he rather take care of the 99? But there's this wonderful song called Reckless Love. And when that song came out, like, it, like it, people were tripping okay some people are like this is amazing some people are like god is never reckless don't describe him that way but here's the thing reckless uh to us is very is very guided and pointed to him sometimes what i mean by that is that he's not being reckless in terms that he doesn't know what he's doing he's being reckless in the way that it doesn't make sense to us right it doesn't it doesn't fit within uh our our logic if god could fit inside of your logic he's not god so people who argue with me, like, is God real, is God not real? Or he, people's argument of, like, like, whether something's a sin or not a sin or wh- whatever, we're going down that line. You know, some people's trying to argue with me about God, and their thing is like, well, it just doesn't make sense. Well, good. You know, like, it probably doesn't make sense um, to Roxy why I, like, closed the doggy door at the end of the night. She's like, well, now I can't go outside and pee, Dad. Like, how rude is that, you know? That's, like, literally the worst thing ever. You're going to keep me in this house so I can't pee all night long? Oh, my gosh. Right? But it's like, well, there might be a raccoon out there. There might be a coyote out there, so I'm going to keep you safe. Right? Some things don't make sense. When, when we went camping for a week, we left Roxy at home. When we got home, she's like, no way. You found me. You know, it's like, like she has no clue why we left. It doesn't make sense to her, but it, but it doesn't have to, right? There's a lot of things that don't make sense to a hamster that make sense to us. So if everything, if everything made sense to us about what God does, then he's not really a good God. There's going to be some things that don't make sense. Does that make sense? <laughs> Get it? Uh, and there's another one, the parable of the lost coin. A woman has ten coins and she loses one and she turns her house upside down and turns lights on and is 
picking up furniture and everything just to find the one coin. Have you, anybody ever done that? You lost something and you're turning your whole house over. I used to lose things all the time when I was a kid. And I gather with my siblings because the Bible says where two or three are gathered. I have, three, I have two siblings. So two and, and me makes three. So we're together. And I was like, Jesus, please help me find my G.I. Joe. It's been missing for a day now. And I just need it. And I found it every time. One time I lost my mom's Blackberry. And our siblings, oh, Jesus, help. <laughs> Where two or three are gathered, Lord, we believe. Help us find it. And I found it. But someone might say, why isn't it you have nine? Why isn't nine good enough? But God rejoices for the one. I'm going to preach it a little different tonight because I could preach it in a way if we, if we have a bunch of new people. I could preach it in a way that we're going to bring those people to Jesus. But tonight, because I think I know all of you. What we're going to preach is the, is the importance of why we should bring somebody to invite night. The next time we have an invite night, because we're going to keep rolling, keep rolling them, keep going. The next time we have an invite night, we've got to make it of the utmost importance to get our friends here. Because Jesus says in these two stories that when the one sheep is, is, is lost and then is found, he, he brings the sheep into town on his shoulders and gets all of his friends together over one sheep and rejoices. While all the other 99 are just like, what? And then this woman who finds that one coin rejoices, and Jesus says, in the same way, all of heaven rejoices when just one comes to him. When just one. And so we got to get on the same page with Jesus. Because if, if all we're doing is coming to youth group to hang out with our friends and not invite anybody, then, then what's happening is we're just, we're just being the 99 and chilling. But I'd rather... I'd rather be one of the homies that goes with Jesus to find the one. I don't want to be stuck in the 99. There's another story, and uh, I'm going to go over my 10 minutes, but it's okay. Um, the parable of the prodigal son. This is probably my favorite parable of all time, so I might preach on it again at the end if you forget about it. But There's two sons. I'm going to say two sons. There's one who's the oldest, and back in this time, this, this is obviously a Jewish family and of, of some importance, and in that day there would be a, a, an inheritance, and so the inheritance would be passed down according to birthright, and so the oldest son would get the most, and then it would go down uh, from there, okay? And so there's two sons. The oldest son, he's going to be getting a lot bigger of an inheritance, and then the younger son will be getting an inheritance, but just a little bit smaller. But the younger son is kind of fed up with... With life, kind of fed up with the father. And so the son asks his dad, he says, he says, Dad, can you give me my inheritance now? And normally this is like a super disgraceful thing to ask your father for him to give you his inheritance now. But he asks him and the father is gracious. The father says, okay. And so the son takes his inheritance early and he, and he leaves. And he goes to a faraway place and he does what so many of us do. And we see in the world today is he starts taking the blessing the father gave him and using it for the world. This is what I was talking about a little bit earlier. All of you have a gift. All of you have a talent. And so we could take it and we could use it for God or we could take it and use it for the world, right? And so this, this, this kid, he takes his, all his father's money and he's blowing it on just the worst things. He's gambling. He's spending it on prostitution. He's spending, spending it on, on all sorts of wicked things. And, and his life is just falling apart. And he finds himself with no money. And then there's a famine that comes over the land that he's at. And so what he does is he goes to this, uh, this business owner and he asks if, if he could just feed the guy's pigs for some money. The guy's like, sure, you know, you could feed my pigs. 
but he doesn't make any money. He's not eating any food. He's, the Bible says that he's so hungry that he looks at what the pigs are eating and, and, and hopes that they'll let him eat that. He's so low on the totem pole that he's, he wishes that he could eat what the pigs eat, but he can't eat that. They won't even let him eat that. Can you imagine that? Like, you're starving, and you're like, hey, like, could I have some of that dog food? Like, I know your dog's, like, really important to you, but just give me, like, a cup of it. You'd probably want the person to be, like, weirded out, but you'd probably be like, yeah, I mean, whatever. But someone's like, no, you're not good enough for that, right? You're not good enough for Roxy's food. You know how much time we spend into this? Everything else, she has diarrhea, but this one is good, right? Just kidding, but he, so, but then he, but then he, he has an epitome, I just realized the other day that I never had an epitome, epiphany before. So, so there it is. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So uh, epiphany, epiphany. What, what did I say? Okay, good thing this isn't being filmed. Uh, so he has an ep- epiphany. Uh, 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 welcome to Tiffany's. But he... <laughs> Bre- what? Okay, so... Uh, so he, th- <laughs> Bling, right? We're just going to describe it as that. Boop. A light bulb turns on. And he thinks to himself, even the servants, even the slaves at my father's house are treated better than this. Slavery was a lot different back then than it is today. Still not good, but not as bad as old. Well, not really today, but you know what I mean. So when we picture this, it's more like someone. Uh, so when you get into debt now, like you, you, you buy a car and you're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to. The bank owns it, and I pay the, the bank back, right? Back in the day, instead of doing that, you would work for the person, and you'd be called an indentured servant or someone would be called a slave. So anyways, whatever, history lesson. So he, he, he says, even my father's servants get treated better than this. So what, what if I just go home, and I ask my father if I could just be one of his servants, I'll at least get some food and some clothes. So he goes home, right? And in, uh, this is Luke 15, verse 20. I'm going to just read it real quick. So he got up and went home. Went, Uh, to his father. But while he was still a long way off, that's my favorite line in maybe almost the whole Bible. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, ayo, and sandals on his feet. The, you know, heir Jesus's. Uh, so bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found, so we began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. Oof. The older son. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing, and so he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother, they said, your brother has come home. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. So back in the day, two things. One, uh, the father ran to his son. He would have never done that if he was like a rich Jewish man. It was like crazy for him to do that. So that's the father's love, right? The other thing, a fattened calf would be like their best calf. They would keep it for the best celebration. So this was, this was kind of in the waiting. And so he got his best calf and, he's, and he, they're eating it for this celebration, Okay. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me uh, a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, 
Danielle said that the other day. This son of yours. No, I'm just kidding. When the son of yours who, was squa- who squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because his, this brother of yours was dead and is alive and he was lost and is found. So here's my final thing for you guys specifically because I know all of you in this room. Sometimes we look a whole lot like the older brother. Just sitting back, waiting for God to do something amazing in our life. And when it happens in somebody else's, we get pissed off. Oh, I said pissed. We're not on film, so we're good. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But when it happens to somebody else, we get upset. Like, why doesn't that happen for me? Oh, great. You're getting celebrated. Yay. I'm not. We laugh, but, like, we see this all the time. It's like, oh, cool, yeah, you got an awesome opportunity. That's great for you. I don't get those opportunities. My friend the other day, he was talking to me. He's like, hey, I'm going to be on a TV show. I was like, sick, what TV show? He's like, well, I can't tell you. It's like top secret, but it's like a singing one. And I was like, oh, great, you're going on a singing TV show. <laughs> Come on. He's like, yeah, it's going to be really rough on my wife. I've got to leave her for five weeks, but it's really a tough burden to bear. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's probably the voice. Oh, I'm going on the voice. But we'll do it. Oh, I'm so sad for you, bro. Yeah. You pray for your wife. Yeah, whatever. Just kidding. I can react like that, or I can be like, dude, that's awesome. That's an incredible opportunity. I've known you for this long. I know how hard you work. I know how much God loves you, and I think this is, this is for you. Tell your wife that anything she needs, we're here for her. Right, see the difference? Here's the mistake that, and my brother preached an awesome message on this a while back, but, uh, and I don't remember where it is, but I'll send it to you if you want it. But the mistake that the older brother made, the mistake that we make sometimes is thinking that we're the older brother, not the younger brother. Every single time we're the younger brother. I'm never good enough. To just be living in the Father's house rent-free. I'm always a sinner needing mercy and grace and needing to run back to the Father. And so the second I think I'm too good. That's the reason he told this story. is because the Pharisees are like, oh, yeah, I'm the older brother. None of us are the older brother. None of us are, none of us are there. All, every single one of us is the younger brother who ran away and desperately needs redemption. Desperately needs God's grace. Each and every one of us. None of us are too good for his grace. And so that's where we need to, the mindset needs to switch for us. Is the next time we have an invite night, I think it's going to be a ground-shaking one. I think it's going to be awesome. Why? Because we're going we're gonna to figure this out. And it's going to be after the Dream Center trip. So then, whoa, watch out. It's going to be crazy. Because here's the thing. Nobody is too far from God. You know why? Because while he was still a far ways off, the father ran to him. Nobody's too far off. Nobody's too far off. If we could just get someone to turn their direction towards God, he'll meet them right there. 
The story doesn't say that the son had to go all the way to the house, knock on the door. Dad, please let me in. Let me in. Let me in. The story says while he was still a far ways off, the father in all of his glory ran to him, hugged him and kissed him after he's filled with pig poop and nastiness and probably hasn't taken a shower or a bath in weeks. And the father hugged him and kissed him on the face. In all of our mess, in all of our garbage, in all of our sin, everything, Jesus runs to us when we just turn in his direction. And he hugs us, he embraces us, he loves us, and he kisses us on the cheek. And why wouldn't I want that for my friend? Why wouldn't I want that for somebody I love? So how much do you love your friends? You know? Do you love them enough to turn them in the right direction, or do you... Love them just enough to leave them in the pig pen. You know what I mean? So that's where we're at. I want this next year. Every year we have a, we have a theme. This next school year and moving forward, I want the theme that this group collectively is going to chase the one. The one who's far from God. If we can get that one to just turn in his direction, he'll meet him there. I don't want to be the 99 anymore. We're going to go after the one, okay? Let's pray and let's go have some fun. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for teaching us even in the form of a story, and a good story at that. So, Lord, we pray that you would be with us tonight as we have a lot of fun. Help us to remember that all good things come from you. So as we laugh and as we are filled with joy, help us to thank you for it. Uh, Help us not to take it for granted that we live in a country where we can have a lot of fun and worship you freely. And so, God, help help this to light a flame in us, to bring our friends to the storytelling session next week of uh, the parables, um, the series called What is the Point? So, Lord, anybody in here that has a heart that's broken or hurting, pray that you would just bless them and heal it. And in fact, if you're in this room, while every head is bowed and eyes are closed, if you're in this room and you're thinking, you know what, I, I've been thinking I'm the older brother. I just realized that I'm the younger brother. I need Jesus, and I, I need some grace. If that's you, would you just raise your hand real quick? I just want to pray for you. If you're anyone in the room who just feels like like I, I need an I extra dose of God's grace tonight, anybody in the room? Awesome. So we're going to pray. So Jesus, you see these kids' hearts. You see these leaders' hearts. God, I pray that you would just touch each and every one of them. You bless them from the inside out. Make them whole again. Help them to realize that that God-sized hole in their heart can only be filled by you. So we lift you up and we praise Jesus' name. Amen.